0: So my friends, as we are in these last moments of our Advent season, right, Christmas begins uh, uh, 24 hours from now, this will be the Christmas Vigil Mass, uh, and we'll be celebrating the birth of our Savior, and as we are in these last moments of preparing to welcome our Lord, there's a little bit of a sense of we've been getting ready, right, it's a short Advent, it's 22 days and so it's been a short season we haven't had all that much time to get ready it's still over three weeks um but there's a sense of like all right ready or not right here comes Christmas uh I I think I have all the gifts I needed to get uh with some last minute help from my parents uh that okay now everything's all set and um and here's Christmas it's coming and even more so as we prepare to welcome Christ anew in our lives as we prepare our hearts to have room in the inn so that Jesus has a place in our heart. And hopefully as tomorrow, we renew our dedication to welcoming Christ into our tomorrow or Monday. Um, We renew our dedication to welcoming Jesus into my life. What does it mean? What does it mean to welcome Jesus? What does it mean to really allow Christ into my heart, into my life? And when we ask this, we should look for models, right? How do you do something well? This goes back to Aristotle, and Bishop Barron likes to say, like, how do you do something well? How do you learn how to be good? Well, you find somebody that does it well, and you just do what they do right? That, the best way to learn how to be virtuous, the best way to learn how to do something really well is find somebody that does it well and just imitate that. Like, I'm just going to apprentice to you. Who is the model disciple of Jesus Christ? Who welcomes Jesus Better than anyone else ever has, and honestly, than anyone else ever will. Our Lady, the Blessed Virgin Mary. She's not only the mother of the church, she is the model member of the church. Mary is the model Christian. And so when we look to her, she can teach us how to welcome Jesus. And so the church wisely this evening presents us with. The Annunciation. That moment that Mary first welcomed Jesus. The moment that our lady welcomed our Lord in the conception, in her virginal womb. And how does Mary do it? Well, there's four steps we can talk about this evening. The first is that Mary has an openness to God. That Mary is, first of all, just open to God, right? She is. She's attentive to him. She's willing and open to listen to him, right? When the when the angel appears with God's message, she's not distracted. I was going for a walk today and it was cold, so I had a hat on. And under my hat I had earbuds in, listening to an audiobook as I walked. And I remember there was somebody, I was on Central's campus, which is be- Central is beautiful without any students. <laughs> and so I was on the campus of Central, and one of the central police officers was there and had gone out to go look at a building and do the regular rounds, but with my hat on and my earphones in and walking very intent- attentively, like, I had to pause my phone to be sure the person didn't try to say hello to me, because if they did, I wouldn't have heard it and I wouldn't have noticed. I was just kind of zoned in to the walk and the audiobook. and maybe that's how a lot of us go through life with regard to God, that we've got our earbuds in, we've got our eyes focused on what we're doing. And if God wants to get our attention, well, we may not hear him because we've got other stuff going on. We are busy Americans and I've got a plan and a schedule. Well, Mary has an openness to God. And the first step in discipleship is to be open, to be ready to receive God's call in our lives. Are we really willing for God to interrupt us? Can God get our attention? In many depictions of this scene, the Annunciation, Mary is pictured at prayer, that she's praying. She gives that time of conversation with God so that it's like, yes, Lord, I'm open any time you want to talk to me. But guess what? For a couple of hours a day, like I'm going to be talking to you. And I'm going to be a really good conversation. Hopefully I'll be a good conversation partner uh, in that I'm willing to receive what you may have to say to me. And so this is the first step of discipleship. We each have to ask and we each have to take these steps. Am I open to God? Like, am I really open? Do I really want to listen to God in my life? Am I able to receive God's divine message? So Mary is open to God and the angel brings this message hail full of grace the lord is with you and you you know do not be afraid you found favor with god you will conceive and bear a son and his name will be jesus and mary then the next step of being a good disciple is she asks questions she she asks this question how is this going how's it going to happen How can this be since I in Greek, I know not man, Uh, which doesn't just imply that she currently doesn't have a husband or is in some kind of relationship, but rather it'd be similar to when someone in our culture may say, I don't drink, right? I don't drink has an implication, not just like I never consume water, but no, usually it's with regard to alcohol. I, I don't drink. I know not man. It has that connotation. Not just of a current state, but of a future state. Uh, and so Mary needs to ask a question. You tell me I'm going to be the mother of the Most High, but I know not man. And so how is it going to happen? And this is an important step in discipleship, to ask questions. Questions are good. Our faith is not a blind ascent faith, right? Turn off your brain and just do what I say. No. That's not how it works. We have to ask questions. Questions are good. Questions show that we are engaged, that we're trying to understand in a deeper way. Mary asks this question, and we too should ask questions. We want to explore deeper. Do we really ask questions about our faith? Right? If we're supposed to be disciples of Christ, do we really ask questions and questions in an open way right there's a big difference between a hostile question and an open question i know when someone asks me a hostile question right i can you can tell that no matter what answer i give to this question it's not going to be the person's not going to be satisfied we can we have in our culture these types of hostile questions Where I am just, my question is more about me making a point. And I'm not interested in your answer. No matter how good it may be, or logical it may be, or right it may be. I'm going to ask my question with force and not listen to your answer. That's not what Mary does. When she asks a question, she's open to the answer. And that's what each of us needs before our Lord. This openness, that as we ask questions, and we should, we should explore... We should get to know our faith deeper. We should read the Bible, and when we read something, we should say, hmm, I wonder what that means. Monsignor Matera, uh, over a year ago now, gave me a a study Bible. It's the English Standard Version Study Bible that has really tiny, tiny little footnotes that are really good. I went out and I bought the digital copy so I could actually have text big enough to read it. But but it's so good because, like, hey, I don't understand this. Well, let me look it up. Let me actually investigate because I'm, I'm curious. I'm interested. We do this in our interpersonal relationships, right? When we can ask someone like, how was your day? In a way that I care about the answer. Hey, that meeting you had today, how did it go? Tell me about it. I'm actually interested in the answer. Lord, in the Bible, you say this. What do you mean by that? What does that mean? What does that mean for me? How can I live that more? To ask these questions, to really engage them, to ask the necessary questions. And then as we've done that, as God has communicated and we've investigated a little bit more, then we give our assent. That to God we give assent. Mary asks the question, the angel explains it to her, and then she says, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. That Latin, it fiat, ecce, angela, domini. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Fiat, mihi, secundum verbum tuum. Let it be, right? Let, actually, that's um, the Beatles, right? Let it be when I find myself in times of trouble. Ma- Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom. Let it be, let it be. Fiat. Fiat. It it implies a, I'm in. Like, I'm in this. Not just, I'm going to be a passive spectator, but I'm in. I'm engaged. And that's the third step of our discipleship that we have to make, right? We have to actually get in the game. Too many of us, uh, we come to church and we do some standing and some kneeling, but there's a lot of sitting, right? There's a lot of passive sitting, And so maybe we have the impression that our religion is primarily passive. That it's my job and Deacon Al's job to be active and we do stuff. And everyone else's religion is about sitting there. And it's not. We have to be active. We have to do something. We have to actually live this way. Fiat. It's like a battle cry, running out onto the field, getting into the game. Fiat. Fiat mihi, I'm in. Lord, a hundred percent. I'm in. I'm committed to this. Fiat. I want to be part of this. I am personally engaging. And we can make that prayer of Our Lady our own, right? If we need a little help getting in the game, if we've maybe been a little too passive in our faith, that is a great phrase to just be a battle cry, to get into the game. Fiat, right? That's also the Italian motor company, Fiat. It all comes from the same place, from Our Lady. Fiat, right? I'm in. A hundred percent, Lord. I want to be part of this. And then here's the last point, is that as we've received God's message and we've asked the questions and we agree that we're in, it's going to require from each of us change in our life. Something changes, Because of my relationship to Jesus. And if my life looks exactly like it did before, then, well, we haven't given of ourselves enough. Mary's whole life changed because of this. She had a plan to marry Joseph. And just have a quiet life with her family in Nazareth. And the whole thing changed. And are we open to that change in our life? To conversion to continual conversion in my life. My life needs to change because of my relationship to Jesus Christ. And if I had my plan or my way of doing things, well, that as I welcome Jesus into my life as a disciple, things need to change. And whatever they may be, big or small, a real life of discipleship means a life of continual, daily conversion. Unfortunately, many people may think of conversion as a one-time thing, right? When did you convert? Well, no. Conversion's a daily thing, right? Even sometimes many times a day. Today, I need to turn back to Jesus, and my life has to change as I try to live greater discipleship. Lord, I haven't really been a good disciple so far today. Okay, well, I'm going to start right now. Like, right now, Jesus, you invite me again. And so as I'm open to listening to and as I ask these questions and I make my battle cry, Fiat, I'm in, let it be. Well, now I'm willing to change. And that means that maybe this person I'm grumpy with, I have to smile at and be a little bit more patient with. Maybe this particular sin that I'm struggling and I've just kind of given in, no, I'm not even going to try to fight that one. Well, no, I got to get back in the fight, right? We got to make these changes. Because we believe in Jesus Christ, we live differently. We live out of primarily union with Jesus, and that changes our life. So let's ask Our Lady for this grace. She is the model disciple. Mary can teach each one of us how to really welcome Jesus. Let's look to her. She's our mom. She teaches us how to do this. And as Mary teaches us, then we too will be disciples. We'll welcome Christ. We'll explore our faith in deeper ways. We'll be in the game and each of us will be living these radically converted lives as disciples of our Messiah, Jesus Christ.